Amen, amen. Thank you, worship team. That was beautiful. It's great to have Andy back from the States, Andy Bell. And it was Leanne's first time singing with us in a long time. How awesome is it to have Leanne back on band? So good. All right, I might. Oh, Dean, awesome. Thank you. I was going to say, I might grab the pulpit. Give Team Dean a hand. <laughs> uh, I'm multi-talented. So... How great was last week in church? It was, I don't know if you were here last week, but Colin's message on community and family and just ministering one to another, doing life one to another was so, so good. And I've been thinking a little bit about that. The whole thing was good and have a listen on SoundCloud if you missed it. But I really love what Colin said about hospitality, how it wasn't his strong point, but he still does it because he knows how important it is to share life and share a meal and just do life together and be meeting in your home and Morrison also shared amazingly on um, the significance of Jesus' death and how uh, he didn't, I guess, list off a list of do 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 all this to the disciples the night before his death, but he sat down and ate a meal with them. And so anyway, that was great last week, and I can relate to Colin because I feel like I do love having people in our home, but I'm just not gifted at hospitality. It's just not my thing. I know we've had people stay with us before, and like we have no toilet paper in the house, or there's no milk, or they have to make their own beds. I was <laughs> <It's> just hopeless, <laughs> hopeless hosters. Um, but anyway, that's not no excuse to not, I guess, uh, be welcoming people into your home. And I just wanted to encourage us and echo what Colin said. Have people over. Do life. Have a meal. Even if you don't feel like you're the best cook or you're the most hospitable. I know we had Alpha this week and Whitney's making everyone cups of tea in my house. <laughs> She's so, like, great at it. Some people really have a gift of being hospitable. And, yeah, you're so good at it. Oh. And my friend Sasha also, she's just so hospitable. And you walk into her house and... She'll have like a cup of tea and a cup of wine and a cheese platter in front of you in three seconds. <laughs> Whereas I think I just get distracted talking when people come in. I'm like, oh, la, la, and then next minute Whitney's offering them tea. I'm like, I should have done that, but I just forget. <laughs> anyway, I just think there's a real grace at the moment to be connecting with people. And um, people are just looking for connection and love. And so may we just be opening up our lives and our homes. And, you know, if you're feeling lonely, no better way than to go and make some friends, invite your neighbour over, invite someone from work over or the schoolyard over, invite someone from church over, inside, outside the church, doesn't matter, do both. And um, yeah, God's moving, hey, in people's lives and hearts. So many testimonies of that at the moment. And I've just been feeling a burden for the people in our lives, um, some of the boys' school friends, whether their marriages are struggling, whether they're struggling financially, whatever, struggling with alcoholism, different things, just God's put a burden on my heart. And I really think some of these things that are coming to the surface, it's because God wants to heal, bring healing. And I know he works through us. Dean actually sent me a message this week about his work. And he just said, I've never had so many difficult cases of brokenness and pain and dysfunction to deal with as he does at the moment. And I'm sure if Dean's experiencing that, Lisa's probably experiencing the same. And dad who also works in a similar line of work I know he's um, said there's similar in Sydney but I just think there's um, there's so much brokenness and dysfunction coming to the surface but I do believe it's because God is wanting to break out and bring healing in people's lives because you know when things come to the surface it's so that you can see them and deal with them and actually I guess address them and so also be praying for Dean and Lisa and dad and I don't know if there's anyone else who's working just really on those front lines of actually seeing darkness break off lives and off communities and off families and they're in the heat of it so may we pray for those guys uh, this is just a little introduction, then I'm going to go into my story, and it won't be very long, hopefully. Then we'll go have some hot dogs. But mum reminded us of a message that Byron and Hannah from the Equippers Church in New Zealand 
shared, I think it was a couple of years ago, when Byron was here, he just felt from God, he prophesied, he spoke over this movement, this house, that healing was just the grace on this church and that healing would mark the next season and also provision would. And I just think that was really profound and prophetic. And, you know, prophetic is just what God's saying. And so I think healing is going to mark this season. And personally, I know a God who heals. And so I want to share my story this morning of how God healed me and really healed my broken heart. So this week we were talking a little bit about this at Alpha. Actually, we call it Alpha, but we've moved on from Alpha. We just started as Alpha. Now we're doing an equipper's study on, it's called I'm a Big Kid Now. And um, it's really good. But, yeah, Vita, yeah. We just, that's right. We're not still doing the Alpha course, but it's just how we started and clearly we haven't moved on in name. Yeah, Vita, that sounds good. <laughs> so one of the questions we talked about this week was, when is discipline not enough? So when do you actually need a healing or a deliverance and discipline's not enough? I'm going to explain how that links into my story as I go. So I had a battle with anorexia as a teenager and I guess it just rooted, stemmed from the fact that I didn't feel I was beautiful enough. I didn't feel I was skinny enough. I didn't feel maybe there was a hope for my future and I thought, well, maybe if I just become skinny, I'll be more beautiful and then I'll have a bright future and I'll meet a great husband and all these things. And so also I think as a teenager, as you guys would know, life can feel so out of control at times. But eating and the way I looked was something I could actually control. So I was like, bingo, I'll just be skinny and then I'll be beautiful and I'll control the way I eat. But really, <laughs> it's not a good idea. And it was really a dark spiral and a dark time for me. And I did get to a point where I was quite sick and very skinny and wasting away. And two things happened from memory. The doctor said to me, if you keep going like this, you won't be able to have kids. And the other thing was there was talk of me having to go to, I guess, like a special hospital or unit where you get help for someone with eating disorders. And I was like, I don't want to go to a special hospital. I want to have kids. So I was like, in my head, I'm just going to start eating again. I'm going to put on weight because that didn't sound very good to me. So I did start to eat again and I started to put on weight and I became healthier looking. And... Um, I think this was around year 9, year 10. I went through that and kind of came through it. But then I got into year 12 and the pressure hit and who knows the HSC is crazy. And some of those things in my heart that I had buried relating to identity started to surface again um, in, in the pressure, in the heat of that season. Because who knows, things that are buried will always simmer away and grow and spring and breach the surface eventually. So, and you can keep trimming the weeds so that no one sees, oh, that little issue's propping up, quick hide it. But ultimately, those weeds need to be plucked up. So this is part of my story. And deep down, oh well, deep down my heart was broken and I hadn't gone to those deep issues. I just, I just, I guess, looked at the surface level and I want to put on weight so I'll, so I'll eat. And I don't know, I grew up in a, a beautiful home with amazing parents, uh, Mark and Liz, and amazing siblings and an amazing extended family. I grew up in a flourishing, thriving church with a great kids ministry, a great youth ministry. I was built into, and I had every reason to flourish in life, so I'm not sure why I was so screwed up. Um, but maybe the, my battle wasn't so much a reflection of my past, but a battle over my future and actually what God had for me. So having said that, and some of you might be thinking that, I don't know why I've got these issues, what's gone wrong? Everything black in my life has been good and blessed, but maybe it's about your future. You've got, God's got an awesome plan for you and there's a battle over that. So having said that, at a personality level, I'm a typical first child perfectionist, overachieve at all costs, do whatever I can do to be the best, like I said with the eating disorder, be more beautiful, better, work harder, all those things. But that comes with a lot of pressure. And I think when that is your nature, you're never truly happy because whatever level you get to, you think, oh, that's still not good enough. I need to be better, more perfect because we're never perfect. So we're going to be endlessly reaching for this unattainable goal. 
And that was my story. And I guess um, the desire to excel and be excellent is a good thing. And I guess that was part of my nature, but it turned into womb when it just went too far. Instead of desire to excel, it was to be perfect and to try and strive in my own strength. So I think that desire to excel can so easily cross into striving for perfection and never feeling good enough. And that's what happened for me. So I did have to learn to let go of my own expectations of perfection, my own high expectations of myself. I didn't have to work myself to the bone in the HSC to be the smartest. I didn't have to starve myself to be the skinniest. And who knows, it wasn't beautiful anyway to be skin and bones. I didn't need to be faster, stronger, better. I was perfect just the way I was. And who knows that song, This Is Me. Anyway, it's a great... Yeah, it's a great... What's the word? Is that... Is that like... Well, you can sing it? Want to sing it? What would you call that? Like a mantra? Is it a mantra? What would you call that? A what? What did you say, Ribs? A banger. It's a banger. Anyway, I think um, it's powerful. And whenever I listen to that song, it just reminds me, like, so true. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And um, as we are, flaws and all, that's how God has created us to be. And Kathy Monk shared this um, thing, which is that yellow slide pad I gave you. He might pop up. She's the minister from Equippers. He might pop it up. There we go. Learn to walk in God's perception of who you are because yours is not good enough. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous. How well I know it. So some of us need to claim, you know, that we're marvellously made, we're fearless, we're wonderfully made. And um, rather than like me, just thinking, I guess, focusing on the flaws and thinking nothing was ever good enough. And yeah, so I just did discover my worth in the fact I was a child of God. So to backtrack, the question we discussed at Alpha this week when is discipline, what are the limitations of discipline, where in life is discipline not enough? And this is where my journey links. The first time I went through anorexia, I was disciplined. And you know, who knows, it takes a lot of discipline and willpower to become as skinny as I did and to exercise as much as I did and to starve myself. But it also took a lot of discipline and willpower to get out of that and to actually break those obsessive compulsive ways of thinking. And so the first time I just kind of was like, I don't want to keep obsessively exercising, I'm going to try and eat, I want to get better. That was discipline, but the thing was discipline on its own wasn't enough. I could try and go through the motions and try and do the right thing, but at the end of the day, my heart was broken and all that identity stuff was still there and discipline wasn't going to fix that. (sighs) Only the love and healing power of God can actually fix a broken heart. And I really think in that time... In that second bout of anorexia, I did see a counsellor and I think that was really key to going into those deeper issues of why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And I also think that God just did a deep work in my heart. And I think I had an encounter just with the grace of Jesus where I felt like I had to perform and earn love. I just had, I remember in that time, just so many personal encounters with Jesus that actually set me free and set my mind free. So a deeper work happened. And then I came out not only like put on weight, but in my heart and my spirit, I was also whole. I felt like I'd had a second chance at life when I came out of that. For those of you who might know someone with an eating disorder or who might have had one yourself or even a mental health battle, it's such a dark, isolating place to be in. So when I came through, I was just like so grateful and so grateful to God for freedom. And I sometimes never even thought that I would come through. So glory to God who heals and sets us free to actually flourish in life. So that's my testimony. Is a 
I know a God who heals the broken heart and he healed me. And I just want to tell you this morning that no matter how deep you feel the mess you're in, no matter how broken you may feel, no matter how much you've buried in your heart like I did, that there's always a way out and there's no broken heart, no broken marriage, no broken hope, no broken relationship that is actually beyond the healing power of God. And I really feel that some of you this morning are actually going going to get a touch from God. And I feel some of you have been trying and trying and trying. You're trying to use discipline to actually get you out of the mess that you're in. You're trying to break free of a mental health battle with positive thinking. You've been trying to break maybe that porn addiction by not going on the internet. You've been trying to break that fear of man by just trying not to think about what everyone's thinking of you, but it's still eating you up inside. You've you're trying to fix, you might be trying to fix your broken marriage by just working harder at it. I can just sense that some people are trying, 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 doing everything they can in their human efforts. But in a moment, the power of God can come into that situation and actually bring healing in a way that then enables you to use discipline to go forwards. Discipline and healing, hand in hand, dynamite. But if you're just discipline, discipline, discipline in your own strength without God going deeper, then it's just striving. So I really feel this morning... God is going to do a deep healing work in us. And you know, James 4, 7 says it so well, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And that's keys for discipline. As, you know, God does a work in us. We continue to go out and submit to God and submit our thinking to him to resist the devil. And maybe those issues that were plaguing us, and there's going to be continual breakthrough, continual freedom. And I really do feel you're going to find things are different as you go out from here this morning. There's going to be a grace and there's not going to be a vicious cycle of trying and failing, but you're going to be able to take forward step after forward step. You're going to run and not look back because there's a wholeness and a solid foundation within you to build your life upon. Because who knows that feeling of when you're trying to go forward and you're trying to build your life and then all of a sudden things just come crumbling down again. And that can often be just because the foundations in our heart, in our lives are broken, but once they're fixed, a whole heart, recipe for flourishing, for growth, for strength. And I love Philippians 3. Um, I won't put the whole thing up yet, Pat, but I've said this in previous messages. It says, now that I'm off and running, I'm not turning back. And I just sense for us, church, that's the season that we're coming into. As God brings healing, we're going to be off and running and no turning back. That's how it was for me. Once my heart was whole, I was able to run and not turn back. There was no baggage weighing me down and pulling me back all the time. I've been able to run. And I think that's going to be a marker of the next season as God does a deep work in us. And just quickly, um, two little things about my journey and then I'll be finished. In this season, I know that uh, obviously my parents were very anguished and they were worried about me. And it's really a life and death battle. And my grandpa David, who many of you will know, awesome man, actually said to my parents something along the lines of, don't despair, the Holy Spirit will guide Sarah. And I really did feel in that time of having an eating disorder that the Holy Spirit just tangibly guided me and helped me, I guess, highlighted some of those deeper issues in my heart, some of those things that I wasn't aware of. The Holy Spirit helped me work through those things and he led me step by step out. And I feel for some of you, you're in that mess and you're like, I don't know which way's up, but the Holy Spirit's going to lead and guide you. And you know, the people of Israel in the Old Testament, they were led by fire in the night and a cloud by day. And God will always make a way to speak and lead us in our wilderness seasons. Even when we're not sure which way's up, God wants to lead us. And I feel the Holy Spirit is here today to actually do a work in us and maybe even begin to touch on some things or continue to touch on some things that we're, we've already been trying to work through. And I love that Kids Church illustration because that was exactly that when we feel blinded and we don't know which way's up, that there's that still small voice behind us saying, step over that kid or don't run into that bucket. 
And um, that's the nature of the Holy Spirit. He never leaves us to do it alone. And some of you would have heard this story when we did our Father's Day panel, but our son Tamana, who saw that boy on the playground sitting by himself, and he said, oh... He kept having this like voice in his head. <laughs> Sounds a bit weird, but this I guess he's prompting, go talk to that boy, go talk to that boy. And he was like, walked over and then he's like, no, 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 no. Like he just, he said, I just wanted to turn around. But this voice or this prompting kept saying to him, go to mine and go talk to that boy. And he said, mum, I always forget things. And if that had been me, I would have just turned around. But it must have been the Holy Spirit because I couldn't get it out of my heart. And so he went and spoke to that boy and he changed that boy's life. And, you know, sometimes we think it's just our own thoughts, but it's the Holy Spirit prompting us and leading and guiding us every step of the way. And I'm just believing tangibly today. Maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need a fresh filling. And I actually feel we're going to pray at the end just for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and actually make a way where we feel like there's just no way. Okay. So my testimony is I know a God who heals and I know a Holy Spirit who guides us through that process and actually helps us work through and process things we could never process in our own human strength. And I guess the last facet of my journey in addition um, to the Holy Spirit leading me uh, was that as the Holy Spirit touched on issues like my need to be feel like I had to be perfect and work and earn love, as those things came up in my heart, I actually was able to, as I said earlier, have an encounter with the grace, the truth of Jesus. Not only would the Holy Spirit touch on an issue and then I'm like, the Holy Spirit doesn't say, look, you've got this issue, good luck with it. The Holy Spirit touches on issues in our hearts and then, we can ha- and then the Holy Spirit actually reveals Jesus to us and the grace and the truth of Jesus so we can walk through those things and be set free. And that's what happened for me. I had an encounter with the grace of Jesus and I just love... I might get Andy up or the band up because we will sing in a minute what Paul says about his journey with just discovering the truth and the grace of Jesus. In Philippians 3 in the message, Pat, if you don't mind popping it up. This is a little bit of a chunky scripture, but I'm going to break it up. And I just feel it sums up so well what I'm saying. And then we'll just finish by praying. He says, I don't mind repeating what I have written in earlier letters. And I hope you don't mind hearing it again. Better safe than sorry. So here goes. Steer clear of the barking dogs, those religious busybodies, all bark and no bite. All they're interested in is appearances, knife-happy circumcisers, I call them. So <laughs> appearance is what I was focused on. I was worried about being more beautiful, being more perfect, and God had to do a work in me because that's not the heart of God, and he says that's what these religious busybodies focus on. The real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads. So there we go again, the Spirit of God leads. I've been talking about the Holy Spirit leading. To work away at this ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We couldn't carry this off by our own efforts and we know it. Even though we can list what many might think are impressive credentials. And I love this again. We can't pull this off by our own efforts. And that's what I was trying to do. In my own efforts, I was trying to be better and work harder. And and then when I got into that battle of anorexia, in my own efforts, I was trying to get out of it. We can't pull this off in our own efforts. You know my pedigree, a legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin, a strict and devout adherent to God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting the church, a meticulous observer of everything set out in God's law book. And again, the law says work harder, do better, you've got to earn your way to love and relationship. But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life, and he's grace and he's love, and you don't have to do anything to earn that. 
the very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash, along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. You know, all those things I once thought were so important, what people thought about me, how I looked, how I performed, all those things that were so important in my mind, I don't think about them anymore because Jesus has done a work in me and I know his grace and I know his truth. And for some of you, I feel like you've been consumed by things that are devouring you. And I was consumed by that eating disorder, but the grace and truth of Jesus set me free and free indeed. And some of you this morning are going to encounter that freedom for the first time. Or maybe you've felt it, but you become a bit bound again and God's going to remind you what it's like to be free. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand, Everything I thought I had going for me is insignificant, dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by Him. And that just backs up what I just said. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules, performance religion. When I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness, I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally, experience His resurrection partner, power, be a partner in his suffering and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. And I love that. He says, I gave up all this stuff so that then I could be, to make sure I do it right, so I could know Christ personally. And, you know, I had to let go of some stuff. I had to let go. Yes, God did a healing work, but then I had to choose to continually resist those thoughts and resist those things that held me bonded, held me captive, sorry. And then he says, and then I was able to experience his resurrection power. And for me, God took me from a place of darkness and death into light and life. And so that was my journey. As I let go, I experienced the grace and the truth of Jesus. And I was able to actually uh, experience the resurrection power, the transformation power of Jesus from the inside out. And do you know what all this leads into? I just read all that revelation of Jesus that Paul had, which is so similar to my journey. And then the next passage goes on, it's what I read earlier. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I haven't made, but I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. I agree with that. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. And I spoke about that church that we're coming into a season of being off and running and we're not turning back. But there's a process. Some of us want to go change the world and we have a heart to see people saved and we have a heart to just be running in the purpose of God. But there's a process. First of all, the Holy Spirit goes deeper in us, builds a solid foundation in our life. And as that happens, we're actually able to encounter Jesus. The Holy Spirit also reveals Jesus in all His truth and all His glory. And then we're actually... As Paul encountered Jesus, then he was able to run. There was a process. And I actually think God wants to go deeper in us so then we can go further and higher in the things of God. Because as I said, if we try and run, we try and build upon our lives and the foundations are broken, there's going to be a crumbling eventually. So, that was Paul's story. That's my story. I know a God who set me free to run. A God who heals the brokenhearted and transforms us from the inside out. And you know, there's Bible verses. He heals the brokenhearted. He leads forth the prisoners with singing. He sets the captives free. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And they're all promises for you this morning. And I just love one more thing. Bobby Houston has said this before. I think she said it at Color Conference this year. May we have the heart of the Father 
the mind of Christ or Jesus and the genius of the Holy Spirit. I love that. But before we can have these things, I guess, to offer to others, we need to experience them for ourselves. As our hearts find healing, we can actually share the heart of the Father. As he heals our minds and renews them in line with his truth and his grace, then we can actually help others have the mind of Christ. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to do a genius work in us, bringing to light things that we could never bring to light in our own comprehension, in our own strength, then we've actually got the ability to bring the Holy Spirit, the genius Holy Spirit, into situations that are far beyond our capability. But again, it happens in us first. All of these things, and then we can offer it to others. So let's stand. I just want to pray this morning for anyone here who, like me, might feel like your heart's broken. You might have a battle or a situation that you feel is messy and you don't know which way is up. I'm going to pray for an encounter with the love of God, with the Father heart. We're going to pray for the Holy Spirit to just do a work in us and maybe to continue to just bring to light things that we hadn't realized were even there. And then also for a grace and truth encounter with Jesus. Just as I had, that would actually set us free to run and to flourish. So I'll just, um, I guess I can't pass up this moment without just making an offer that Maybe not everyone here has made that decision to actually say, Jesus, I want to follow you and I want what Sarah's talking about. I feel like I'm on the, in this mess and I'm just at the end of my rope and this morning I want to reach out to Jesus and say, I choose you and I need you. I need you to come into my mess and make my heart whole and I'm sorry for trying to do it in my own strength. I'm sorry for trying to use all my own efforts and not trusting you. So this morning if that's you and maybe you've never prayed that prayer or maybe you have before and you've gone off track and You've been doing things your own way, but you just want to make a decision this morning to follow Jesus, to run towards him, towards that goal. Just while every eye's closed, just raise your hand and I would love to pray for you, just a salvation prayer. And then um, we'll continue on with the service. Just a few more moments. All right. God, I just thank you so much for each and every one here. I thank you for my testimony. I thank you that you set me free. You healed my broken heart. And I thank you that you are a God who heals. And for anyone here this morning who is battling or struggling, God, I thank you that you see their pain. You see their struggle. Even when they can't see, God, you see. And I just thank you that right now the Holy Spirit would be deposited in hearts, that you're doing a work in each and every one, that you'd fill us with your love afresh, with your Holy Spirit afresh, and that the Holy Spirit would even reveal Jesus to us in a greater way in all his grace, in all his truth, in all his mercy. I thank you for a personal encounter for each and every one this morning that would set us free in a greater way to run and run and run and not turn back. We thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace, God, that we can't earn. You've given it freely. We just thank you so, so much for that. Amen. If you would like prayer this morning, um, I, I would love to just pray for you. And I might get mum. I don't know if dad's there. We'll get some of our team to just pray with you and agree for breakthrough and maybe just for a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. And we'll just sing. Thank you, team.